the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well and happy Sunday to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we are going to continue with our Relationships Relationship 101 series. And I hope you were able to listen to last week's show because we really focused on how we really manifest stress, anxiety, fear when it comes to our temperament, our personality, and our gender, whether we're male or female. And so I'm hoping that that helped in light of the coronavirus, that you can really start to see, wow, what people aren't always themselves when they're stressed out, when they're fear-based, or when they just really are unsure of what's going on. When we're feeling like, you know, what's happening to our world, and we have maybe expectations on on ourselves or on others. And so this is a really timely show that we're doing because we talked originally about expectations and having appropriate expectations on people. And then we talked a lot about gender differences and temperament and personality differences and what happens in that where how we may act or how we may perceive information depending on our gender, depending on our temperament, whether we're extroverted or introverted, whether we really focus on facts or maybe we want the big picture, whether we are more based on feeling and wanting to be connected and everybody to be on the same page, or, or whether information causes us to have more peace. But we're really focusing today on this next part, which is boundaries. So after I understand how to have appropriate expectations on the people that I love in my life, as well as people in general, then I really worked on understanding how does stress and anxiety, how does the world affect them personally, just with their unique identity, the way they're hardwired, the way God has made them. And so now we're going to talk about boundaries and how do we manage having really good boundaries, setting and maintaining healthy boundaries, because this really is the secret to helpful and healthy and enjoyable relationships. I'm, I'm telling you, God has really good boundaries because if he didn't, we probably wouldn't still be existing today. <laughs> so he's really good about knowing where he ends and humans begin. 
And so boundaries is really about that. It's where do I end and you begin. When I start to have those lines blurred and I start kind of getting that enmeshed feeling where I'm now feeling things that you're feeling or I'm wanting you to manage my feelings or I'm wanting you to change who you are so I feel good or I'm thinking that I can affect you more or change you in some way and so now I'm angry because everything I'm doing is not getting the results that I want. And so boundaries have so much to do with understanding power, understanding control, understanding what we really can change, and accepting the things that we can't change. So if we look at boundaries in a very specific manner, this is also <clears throat> excuse me, very helpful in terms of what's going on in our world today that we really want to understand what boundaries are about. <clears throat> I have such allergies still, so I really am very, very, very healthy. I'll have to tell you that. So when we look at boundaries, what we're really looking at, what I value, I will protect, and what you value, I will respect. So let me say that one more time. What I value, I will protect, and what you value, I will respect. So that's very different than I'm wanting you to protect what I value, but I don't want to respect what you value. See, that's a boundary problem. So the concept of boundaries is somewhat complex because it can feel pretty nebulous. So I'm going to try to make this concept as simple as possible and hopefully easy to implement into your life and your relationships. And I'm telling you, Boundaries makes a world of difference when it comes to how much you enjoy your world, how much you enjoy other people, and how you feel about yourself. So this is a really important part of just human development. It's a really important part about you being the best version of you and you being able to be used really well by God and to be able to affect the world in a really positive way and only the way that you actually can. And nobody can do you. So the better our boundaries are, the better we practice the best version of ourselves. So boundaries, I'm hoping, I'm going to make this easy. So I believe that the, really the easiest way to understand the concept of boundaries is to think of it as a self-control issue. That is, I control what comes in and what goes out of me. I control how far I will go. I control how far I will let others go in relation to me. Now, that may be a, a tolerance issue that we're going to talk about a little bit later. So boundaries are about me exercising choice. And boundaries have a lot to do with my words, my actions, my thoughts. Because those are the things I actually can control. So when I'm practicing what I really can control, and I'm accepting what I can't control, and I'm changing the things I may be able to control, I'm going to be a much healthier version of myself and a lot. My life is going to be a lot more easygoing and people are going to enjoy me much better. And I'm actually going to enjoy them better, even if they're highly dysfunctional. They won't affect me as much. They won't get so under my skin. So this is where we want to say to ourselves, boundaries. What is that? Well, it means that no truly means no then I don't say no and hope that somebody talks me out of it. And I don't use the word no to control somebody. 
And I don't use the word no because I, I'm too afraid to say yes. That my no is truly no and my yes is truly yes. And that the more people understand me and the more people know me, the more people experience me, the more that they know. If I say no, I really mean no. I don't, I don't blithely say no. I don't say no because I don't have anything else to say. And I don't say no out of fear or out of resistance or out of manipulation or control. I say no because I know that the word no is the healthiest thing for me. It may not be enjoyable for others, but I know in the long run, if I do what's healthy for me, and that doesn't mean that I do everything I like to do, and it doesn't mean I enjoy everything I get to do. It means that I'm trying to really practice being the best version of me and taking full responsibility for me. Because the more responsible I am for myself, the less complicated I am. The more people are going to enjoy me, the better they're going to probably behave around me. So I want to make sure that my no means no and my yes means yes. And the second thing about boundaries is, do I accept and respect another person's no? Do I accept it? Do, how much do I try to talk them out of it? How much do I try to convince them that they should say yes? How respectful am I of another person's no? So do I say what I mean? Do I mean what I say? And this is really important when you consider the power of words. And we've done lots of different shows on the power of words. And I want you to remind yourself, I need to be the person that has the integrity and the honesty and the maturity to be able to have people believe and understand that what I say is what I mean. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. And so I'm not just blithely talking off the top of my head and then deciding that maybe I want to change my mind mid-sentence, or maybe I'm saying no because I really want to say yes and I'm hoping you talk me into it. Now, if I want to say that out loud, that's still a great boundary. If I say to them, you know, I really think I should say no, but I would love it if you talked me into it. Well, that's a different relational style, but at least I'm saying what I mean and I mean what I say. So I want you to think about some of these different scriptures that we have that talk a lot about boundaries. And we have Matthew chapter 5. This is um, verse 36 through 42. It's out of the Message Bible. And I like the, um, the heading that it gives it. It's called Empty Promises. And it says, And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. <clears throat> you can only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go, wrong. So I love that. It says, don't say anything you don't mean. You only make things worse when you lay down a smoke screen. So say what you mean and mean what you say. And Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken through, 
is a person who lacks self-control. So he's actually saying it's quite dangerous to be an adult in this world and lack self-control. And so we're not talking necessarily about self-control when it comes to our behaviors. However, that's also a boundary issue. We're talking primarily in this little section of the show about your words, that we want to have self-control in what we say. And we want to also be honest enough and humble enough to take words back if we misspoke. And that, that it doesn't make it the other person's fault. We can say, you know, I really apologize. I gave you the wrong impression. I said yes, and I shouldn't have said that. I spoke too quickly, and I didn't think that through. Now, that's a lot easier to take than just a bunch of excuses or not showing up. So we want to mean what we say, say what we mean. We want our no to be no and our yes to be an honest yes. So practice these things and think about what boundaries you need to set in your life. With different people you have in your life, what boundaries do you need to set on yourself? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the next segment as we talk about boundaries. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And if you're just tuning in, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can download the show right from the website, or you can go to iTunes, and you can find Conversations with Cynthia on most of the major podcast servers, and actually quite a few of them. So it would be surprising if you couldn't find it. So I love it that you're listening to it, and I want to make sure that you know that there are also study guides that come with the show. You just need to go either on Facebook or to my website, and you can find some of those study guides if you want to do a little bit more intensive thinking and processing about the show. You can also use it as a small group um, way to do a small group. You can listen to the show, and then you can do some of the study guide questions. So. I appreciate so much you being a part of this and and just really wanting to be the best version of you. So we are talking about Relationships 101, and we first did Realistic Expectations, and that was about two weeks long because there's quite a bit when we think about having realistic expectations. And then we talked a lot about, about, uh, about identity, personality, temperament, and gender, and how that manifests in our relationships and being the best version of myself if I'm an introvert or an extrovert or if I'm a thinking person or a feeling person. What, what if I'm a little bit more what we call agreeable? And so maybe I have to practice some good boundaries because I'm more apt to say yes than I am to say no. Maybe I'm kind of an Eeyore that's always looking at the negative and saying no before I could ever even consider saying yes. So now we're talking about boundaries, and that means let my no be no and my yes be yes, and that I accept and I respect another person's no. One of the greatest gifts you could give someone is when they say no and you say, okay, okay, it makes me sad. I wish it were different. I accept that. It's really up to you. 
and what peace that gives someone because you know most of us have a hard time saying no we don't we don't like to really say no we don't like conflict and so when we do when someone is so respectful of it it's very helpful very encouraging and so we want to make sure that we say what we mean and we mean what we say and if somehow that gets messed up we correct it so i might say something like you know I don't think I said that correctly. Or I'd like to redo that if you would let me. I don't like how that sounded. Or I don't think I explained myself well. Or I think that came out wrong. Or, hey, I should have said this and I didn't. And I'm sorry that I didn't say it. Because we have this this tendency to put unnatural boundaries of time. Like, well, I lost the opportunity, so... Since it was last week and I haven't seen him for a week, I guess I'll just let it go. When actually, there is no time. So you can say to them, hey, last week when we were talking about such and such, and you said this, and I responded with that, you know, I want to apologize. I think I was a little flippant. I think I was a little sarcastic. I don't think I was paying attention to how, how much it bothered you. And I've thought about it. I don't like how I handled it really goes a long way with people. I mean, this is just part of being kind. You know, and we love that verse. We talk about that verse. You know, God says, he says, God is kind. You be kind. And how far that goes in our world, especially in light of what we are all contending with right now, with this big coronavirus and feeling, you know, unsure about things and not knowing how far it's going to go, how big it's going to get. What's going to happen to all of us, to our economy? And so one of the things we can really do is be very judicious with our words and recognize that words create things. So we either use a word to make something or we use words to destroy something. So we want to be very respectful with our words and we want to be humble enough to take them back if we need to. And so we were looking at this verse in Matthew chapter 5, 36 to 42, in the Message Bible. And it says, and don't say anything you don't mean. You can only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you, never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religiosity. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. So just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. So I like that verse. And we also have Galatians chapter 5. And this is verse 22 through 24 out of the NIV Bible. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things... There is no law. So this is important. When we talk about the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, being love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that means we're practicing boundaries. Because we are being conscientious about how we may be coming across. <clears throat> we're thinking first about what this, how this may affect somebody. What do my behaviors communicate to someone? What do my words communicate? What do, what do my emotions and the way I handle my emotions, what does that communicate to someone? How does that affect them? 
And see, the, the important point of boundaries, if you can think of it as just our skin, every human has skin. And so things can't get through your skin unless you're wounded, right? So we're careful about what we put in our body because our skin is a great barrier to house us, to protect us from whatever's going on in the world. So when you think about love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, and goodness and faithfulness, what we're talking about is we don't want to unnecessarily create a wound that opens that person up emotionally to be more wounded or to be corrupted. At the same time, it's important for you and I to recognize it's still, as an adult, is my job to protect those boundaries. Because I can't go out into the world like a little child hoping I get treated well or hoping that everybody does the right thing so they bring out the best version in me. That's not an adult. That's not adult boundaries. Adult boundaries contain. So I can contain my thoughts. And one of the ways I contain my thoughts is by also controlling my facial expressions, my body language, the words I use. Because that's part of having good boundaries. So it's not my job to make you feel anything or stop you from feeling something. That's really your problem. But I do have the uh, ability to complicate things for you in the ways that I act, the way that I talk, the way that I look at you. These are the, these are the boundaries that I want to make sure that I show up as an adult so that I make it easier for you to contend with me so that I'm not helping you fall into sin. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin anyways. It's really still up to you. Even if I'm a jerk, you still have to practice self-control. So boundaries are that nebulous thing that says this is where I end and this is where you begin. And I'm going to control and practice self-control up until the point that I end and hope that you're practicing the same. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about boundaries, the description of them, and the purpose of boundaries. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So we are doing part of this whole process of Relationships 101. And so today we're talking about boundaries, if you're just tuning in. And the weeks prior, we talked more about gender and temperament and personality differences and how they, how they deal with stress. And we also talked about how to have appropriate expectations in your relationships. So one of the expectations that we want to have, especially with adults, is that we have good boundaries. This means that I know where I end and you begin. And just like it's not okay for you to walk right into my house, you're supposed to knock on my door. Now, if you're my husband, if, we, if you live with me, that's a different story. But even in your home, if a door is closed, isn't it polite to knock on it first? Well, that's a boundary. And so that's similar when we talk about emotional boundaries. So what happens? How do I become boundaryless? 
and and you've probably been around people that don't have good boundaries and you know what that feels like it's kind of like uncontained water and the people around them are trying to contain them they're like whoa 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 don't go there or do you sure you mean that you know this is what we want to really be saying wow when i go out of the house into the world if i'm a really healthy loving person then i kind of owe the world my commitment to self-control. Because imagine if the whole world controlled themselves. We wouldn't even need the police, would we? I mean, if everybody just controlled themselves, the only ones that would need any containment would be the children and the pets. And so this is why when you think about how do I become boundaryless? Well, it either had to do with the way you were raised. You were raised with parents that, had, that did not have good boundaries. And that can be physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, intellectual boundaries, you know, personal boundaries, all these different types of boundaries that we see happening in between when we are interacting with people. If there's any abuse growing up in your home or if you had any abuse outside of your home when you were growing up, that has a lot to do with breaking down what would be maybe a natural boundary. So what types of relationships exist where there, there are no boundaries? Well, you may have heard of codependency. So codependent people have a tendency to not know where they end and others begin, which means I take more responsibility for your feelings and less responsibility for my own. It also means that I get all my good feelings from you. So if I perform perfectly, if you agree with all my ideas, if you say you like me, then I feel good. If you're upset with me, my whole day is hijacked. So I can't tolerate people having negative emotions because I take them on and want them to have good emotions so I feel good. So the boundaryless person says, if you feel good, I feel good. If you feel bad, I feel bad. Now we're not talking about just common compassion and empathy. We're talking about my day being hijacked or me thinking about you far more than I'm thinking about me. And me wanting to solve your problems so that maybe I get self-worth, self-esteem, or have more control over the relationship. Or maybe if I solve all your problems, there's going to be benefit for me. And this is where we have to practice saying, wow, where are the boundaries? Where do I end and you begin? That really, actually, if you're an adult, it's really, truly your problem. I can care about it. I can certainly, if I have time, spend time talking about it, giving you my ideas about it. But at some point, if I start to do more of that and I don't do my own life, that becomes a boundaryless person. And so if I'm taking better care of you than I am of myself, then how does it affect the other people in my life if I'm not taking care of me? Imagine, imagine if your doctor never took care of himself what would we do? Imagine if when you were growing up, the teacher never took care of themselves. How about if our president doesn't take care of himself? This is what you want to think about. When we as adults, we are counting on the fact that we're parenting ourselves. Because that makes sure that everybody else's job isn't doubled or quadrupled because we're taking care of everybody else because they won't take care of themselves. So this doesn't mean that we don't have compassion. Please, I hope you do not hear that I'm compassionless when I talk about that. 
It's really a way to have peace. It's a way to lower anxiety. And it's a way to boost and really bolster our self-worth and self-esteem. People that take care of themselves feel better about themselves. Very different than people that that are, are um, indulging in themselves as a way to get pain to go away. So think about this. Do you have good boundaries? Are you boundaryless? If you don't have good boundaries, how come? Where are they? Where, where, where are you lacking some boundaries? So join me in the last segment as we talk more about the type of relationships that have, seem to have no boundaries. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining in. If you're just tuning in, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the show right on your computer, or you can download it, and you can also send it to friends and family. So we are talking a lot about relationships, and this is our Relationship 101 series. So we talked originally about expectations and having appropriate expectations, Then we talked about the differences in gender, male and female, temperaments. Are you an extrovert or an introvert or thinking or feeling person? And we also talked about personality. You know, are you a little bit more sensitive than other people? Do you have a little bit more, um, you know, ambition, initiation? These types of things have a lot to do with the hardwiring of who we are. And always remember that this show is really based on being your own best version. So we're wanting to understand and have all this insight so that we can be a really good version of who we are, so that we are less complicated to the world and more effective for God. So when we think about boundaries, what types of relationships may have very loose boundaries or no boundaries at all? Well, if you think about enmeshed relationships, that's that's the, the person that doesn't really know when they end and the other person begins. So they start to feel feelings for you or tell you what feelings you should be having. They start to get anxiety about your life. They want to fix your life. They, do, they really don't want to do their own life. They want to do everybody else's life. And, we also, and that's part of what codependency is about as well. It's like, you know, if you're okay, then I'm okay. But if you're not okay, then I'm not okay. This is the relationship that we have with children in a lot of ways. And so children pick up on whether or not adults are okay. And if the adults aren't okay, they get really nervous because their security comes from their caregivers. Same way as with our pets. So people that depend on us, right, probably have less boundaries. So that's fine if we're children, if you are um, an infirmed person, if you are ill, if you are sick, if you're struggling with a disease, then we encourage you to depend on someone so that you don't carry the load all on your own. But if you're just a typical everyday adult out here in the world, we want you to be taking good care of you. We need you to take good care of you. And we see that now, especially with the coronavirus, this epidemic, this pandemic that we are contending with, where we are wanting people to really take care of themselves and have really good boundaries. We're wanting people to stay home. We're wanting to have some good social distance. We're wanting people to wash their hands really judiciously. We're wanting people to be careful if they're coughing. 
We want people to be responsible with their health because if they're not taking care of themselves, it actually could be quite dangerous for a lot of people that are around them. So that's, that's when we talk about physical boundaries. So the types of boundaries that we have, we have physical boundaries, which is really truly where I physically end and you begin, and taking care of my physical body. We have intellectual boundaries, which means what am I going to let come into my mind? Intellectual boundaries say, you know, I'm not interested in hearing that story, or I don't want to read that book, I don't want to watch that movie, you know, or I I don't want to hear that gossip. Intellectual boundaries have a lot to do with what am I willing to take in intellectually. So many times we have people that are not open to any kind of spiritual endeavor or hearing about Christ or knowing about any type of faith. And so we're wanting that wall to come down because that's not necessarily a boundary. See, boundaries are somewhat like a wall with a door. So if I shut the door, it seems like a wall, but I can always open the door. That's how flexible boundaries are. They keep things out, but they also can let things in. We have social boundaries. So social boundaries are, how how do I act socially in this situation? So with some group, with a certain group of people, I might act a certain way. With another group, I might not act that same way. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being fake. It means that I'm altering some of my behaviors and adjusting to whatever that event is, to what that group is. But if I don't have good boundaries, I might adjust more than what's healthy for me. So when you think about socially, where am I willing to go? Who am I willing to socialize with? What am I willing to do socially? So we also have emotional and psychological boundaries. And this means that emotionally, I'm taking care of my emotions first so that I'm not just vomiting emotions on you that I'm actually being able to contain my own emotions and talk about them with healthy verbal boundaries. So if you've ever been around someone that has really good boundaries, you probably really enjoyed them because there's very little stress, even though you may have high intimacy. So you may find out a lot about them, but you never felt the burden of, oh my gosh, I, I feel guilty because my life is working or... I should be fixing this, or should I be giving them money or something? And so this is how you know, wow, if someone has really good emotional and psychological boundaries, they can share very deeply, they can share very intimately, but you're never going to feel like, wow, that was inappropriate, or I don't want that much information. They're going to be adult about how they share. And it's going to be a wonderful experience. You're going to feel close to someone. And you're going to say, wow, I didn't know that about that person. I'm so glad I know them better. And then we have spiritual, spiritual boundaries. So the spiritual boundaries have some to do with, am I willing to put some restraint on what affects me spiritually? What music I listen to? What movies I go to? What conversations I may have? What kind of language I may use? It may be things like, you know, I'm going to hold myself accountable for devotions. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to read healthy things or uplifting things, you know, that help. I'm, I'm going to be better about praying. I'm going to give myself some spiritual boundaries about that, that before I leave the house, I'm going to pray. 
anything like that simply means you're setting boundaries on yourself. So what you want to think about is imagine if everyone had good boundaries and they controlled them themselves and they adhered to their own boundaries. Even if there was differences in opinions, even if there was differences in values, people still would not get hurt. So you may have experienced talking to somebody that has a very different value system than you, may even have a very different faith, religion. But if they have good boundaries, then it was still uplifting to get to know that person because they respected you and you respected them. So nobody's trying to change anybody or force anyone or shame anyone or guilt anyone. There's more about, you know what, they're a grown adult, they really are going to answer to God. So I can tell them who I am, what I think, what I feel, and why. But I don't have to do it in a way that gives them the subtle, negative feeling of, you're bad, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. That judgment. See, that's not anything that Jesus did as he was walking around on this earth. Nothing in that way, shape, or form. And he had great boundaries. So let's think about this. Recognizing safe people. See, the safer the person, the more you're going to calm down. So how do I know when I need to set a boundary? Well, one of the easiest ways to tell if you need to set uh, boundaries with any particular individual or yourself is if they take up a whole lot of time with you thinking. So if I walk away from a situation with someone and I keep rehashing it over in my mind, or I say, you know, I got to talk to them about that, or how dare they say that, or, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that, are they really behaving that way? Well, a lot, if I have a lot of preoccupation with someone, I probably need to set boundaries. So if I'm overly worried about someone, to the point that I'm researching things for them. I'm talking to people for them about their situation. I'm worrying more about their situation than they are. That probably needs a boundary. And there are different ways for you to know, you know, where is it that I'm probably needing to set a boundary? How uncomfortable am I going to let myself be? Where's the limit? Where does my no begin? Where, does, where do I end and you begin? And so it's understanding your tolerance. Because if you don't understand tolerance, you won't know when to set a boundary. Or you will set one unnaturally. It'll come out as rage. Or it'll come out as judgment or shame or whatever it is. And so I need to know how much I'm willing to tolerate. And when my tolerance is being pushed to a limit that is probably not going to bring good things out in me. And if that's the case... This is the time to excuse yourself. Maybe you need to go home. Maybe you need to say, you know what? I I am not going to do well with this conversation. I just want you guys to have a great time in this conversation, but I don't think I'm going to do well. So I'm going to go home and, you know, we'll talk tomorrow, whatever. Or you can say to somebody, you know, I can appreciate that you'd want to watch that movie, but I don't think that would be good for me. And the more that I'm willing to take responsibility for it, the less offensive it is. Because I'm not saying it with judgment, like you should be watching that movie either, but I'm going to say no. It means that, you know, for me, because I have to answer to God and I have to answer to me and I got to live with me all the time. 
So I want to have peace with me, and I want to know that I'm doing me well. And if I do that, I probably can't go see that movie. So there are some movies that I can see that other people, there is not a chance they want to see that movie. And then there are some movies that everybody goes, I can't believe you don't want to see that movie, Cynthia. And I'm like, nah, I don't have anything to do with it. It's not going to work for me. It's not good for me. And I have to know me. And I have to know why I'm going to say no. And I have to have the courage to say it. Because actually saying no is quite respectful to other people. Because if I don't say no, and I think I'm supposed to, then in a sense, I'm kind of lying. I'm going along with something I really don't agree with, but I haven't told anybody that. So I'm living like a dual life in that moment. And I'm giving them the impression that I'm perfectly okay with this. Well, if I'm not, I need to speak up and I need to do it in a way that's still respectful. So when we think about setting boundaries, you want to say to yourself, nobody can make me do anything. And and, and I really mean that seriously. You know, we have lots of, of studies and lots of different information about the concentration camps of the 30s. And one of the ways that those people survived is that they knew that they still had their own free will inside. Inside their head, inside their heart, they had their own free will. So those guards could make them do a lot of things, but they couldn't make them agree with it. They couldn't change their mind. They couldn't change their value system. They couldn't change their religion. But they could do anything to them on the outside. But the inside is their personal domain. And so it's very important that you recognize nobody can make me do anything. So I can't blame someone for making me do something. And I can't use the excuse of, well, if I don't do it, you're going to be mad at me. Well, maybe they will. Don't they have a right? We have to be able to tolerate people's negative feelings, even if they're about us. Little children don't tolerate negative feelings. They want to feel safe all the time. So they want everyone to like them all the time. Well, then we have to be grown-ups, and we have to say, you know, as much as I would like to be liked, I have a decision to make. I either deny myself, right? I either lie about who I am to get along with you, or I risk you being uncomfortable. But if I do it in a respectful manner, the discomfort will be mitigated. And so we also want to think about human rights. These are great areas to recognize where boundaries have to happen. And that's in the human rights issue. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversation with Cynthia. I hope you have a great, great week and that you practice really healthy boundaries and that you have the courage to stand up for you as well as others. I pray this for you. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.